This is Brian Oaks, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Erskine, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Randy Conan and Tyler Donaldson. USDA cut Brazil's soybean production by 1 million metric tons to 156 million in the February supply and demand report and left Argentina's soybean production unchanged from January at 50 million tons. Brazil's corn production was lowered 3 million tons to 124 million from the January report and Argentina's corn production was left unchanged at 55 million metric tons. USDA raised U.S. corn ending stocks slightly to 1.17 billion bushels. U.S. soybean ending stocks were pegged at 315 million bushels. That's up 35 million bushels. Wheat ending stocks raised 10 million bushels from the January estimate to 568 million bushels. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzlo is questioning the wide difference between Brazil's CONAB production numbers and the USDA WASDE numbers. The CONAB corn number is now 10.3 million tons lower for Brazil versus USDA's updated numbers. CONAB soybean numbers down 6.6 million tons versus USDA's updated number today. Um, this is the second month in a row, and I'm really starting to wonder if the trade's going to have to start scrutinizing these numbers a little bit more specifically and a little bit more uh, genuinely in terms of last month's numbers being this way. And also last month's global corn number, that production number being increased so dramatically, almost totally on the heels of a Chinese corn production increase. Zuzalo says demand is the most concerning number in the report. So this is a really key indicator that the trade frictions between the United States and China are unfortunately playing out in the agriculture side, that the U.S. with their chip and technology restrictions and sanctions is being offset by China moving towards more uh, demand and imports from countries other than the United States. And that's where I think soybeans have the weakest suit of cards or the weakest hand to play at this point because there is so much more potential for Argentina soybeans in Paraguay soybeans, whereas in corn, I don't think you can say we have that in South America. Brazil's crop supply agency, CONAB, lowered soybean production to 149.5 million metric tons in this morning's report. That is slightly lower than pre-report estimates. CONAB also lowered corn production to 113.7 million metric tons with second crop or safrina corn at 88 million metric tons. Both estimates are lower than pre-report trade estimates. The Total Farm Marketing Market Advisor John Heinberg says there's a reason CONAB and USD numbers are different when it comes to this report. You know, it really puts a little bit of question into things, but again, we're under, you know have to understand how big Brazil is. There's a lot of time left in that in that growing season that we could see some major changes and as we move further here you know you got some areas that are planting soybeans we got some areas harvesting soybeans some areas can go to three crop soybeans and you know so those things all come into play it's probably the reason not to you know defend the USTA here but they they slow play this now Conas may be a little bit more aggressive obviously they're looking at export windows and prices so they might be a little bit more aggressive in their cuts exports are a major focus for these reports
they really the market focuses on one thing. They got the numbers today, fine. We'll move on past them. What's happening on the export front? Where's the price of Brazilian soybeans to the United States, which they are significantly cheaper? What's happening with that Argentina supply, which is going to come in and maybe absorb a good portion, if not all the bushels lost in Brazil due to the weather? You know, those are things the market's really focused on. It's going to come down to that demand and that price of those soybeans that's available in the export market. And right now, U.S. is trending much higher and that's going to keep prices well and uh, you know contained here or limited here in terms of the upside unless we see something change bauer trading market analyst ben cash says those conab numbers do have an impact on the grain trade the usda continues to be very conservative conservative on their um, reduction numbers there in brazil we've seen that last year uh, especially with argentina uh, experiencing that drought so it just takes them a while to to go ahead and inch that crop lower but you know that is something to keep an eye on you know conab uh, beginning to reduce their numbers for that Brazilian crop. Statistics Canada released their grain and oilseed stocks in all positions report this morning. StatsCan pegged total wheat stocks at the end of 2023 at 20.7 million metric tons. That's down 10% from the end of 2022, primarily on a 1.1 million ton decline in Durham stocks. Canola stocks are up 1% year over year to 12.8 million tons. Intellifarm President Brian Voth says Statistics Canada made only minor changes in its stocks report. The expectations were for lower stocks, mostly across the board, like particularly on wheat, barley, oats. The one that was expected to be a little bit higher uh, year over year was canola, and it did. Like it came in at 12.85 million tons versus 12.68 last year at the same time frame. So it was marginally higher. And everything else, you know, wheat down 10% from last year, uh, you know, down about 7% on spring wheat stocks. So no real surprise there. Voss says there was nothing out of the ordinary. Oats had a massive drop in stocks, you know, down about 40% year over year. But our acres were down 35 or 36% last year as well. So, again, it's some big changes, but nothing that was really unexpected or out of the ordinary from from what I can see. USDA's weekly export sales report for the week ending February 1st showed corn export sales at 1.2 million metric tons with no new crop sales. That is 10% less than the previous week, but 19% more than the four-week average. Soybean sales at 350,000 metric tons are more than double the previous week, but 22% less than the four-week average. Combined old and new crop wheat sales of 386,000 metric tons are 14% more than the previous week, but 8% less than the four-week average. Unseasonably warm temperatures and increases in the freeze-thaw cycle has prompted the South Dakota Department of Transportation to implement spring load restrictions in multiple areas across the state. Spring load restrictions go into effect tomorrow for the regions surrounding Rapid City, Mitchell, and Aberdeen, Monday, February 12th for the area south of Mitchell, and next, next week on Thursday in the Pierre area. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Bayer is hosting a National Cereal Experts event in the Twin Cities. Northern Plains Regional Business Lead Craig Rogers says a well-rounded approach is necessary for small grain production. 
you know, the way I think about it is, number one, you you want to you get your crop in the field, right? And then it's about protecting it, making sure the weeds are, are cleaned up. And then it's about what can you do to push that, whether it's protecting it against diseases or whether you're trying to get, you know, that extra four or five bushels out and, and putting a fungicide in. So it's all about the ROI and it's all about making sure you have the right representation. If it's a crop consultant or a retailer um, or, a, you know, a bear uh, crop protection FSR. Rogers says wheat is a significant part of Bayer's crop protection and seed business. We have a lot of things that are that are coming out in the future, 2024, and then also 2025 and 2026. But we've had some really, really nice success with Husky FX um, when it comes to herbicide. We're going to be launching Vios FX and then Prosaro and Prosaro Pro for a fungicide treatment on, on wheat. Chief Agricultural Trade Negotiator Doug McCallop expects the U.S.-Mexico dispute over biotech corn to be resolved by the end of this year. McCallop made that prediction at the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture Conference in Washington, D.C. The United States sought a dispute settlement panel after Mexico said it would ban biotech corn imports. A ruling from that panel is expected later this year. The lack of demand is a concern for the grain markets. Paradigm Futures market analyst Kent Beatles doesn't think the slowdown at the Panama Canal is having a major impact on U.S. exports. Panama Canal traffic's about two-thirds of normal, and you know there was a lot of chatter that you know that the grains were going to get the short uh, uh, shrift in that deal, and and that um, can all the container traffic would go through, and the grains would have to make the longer hauls, and yet. Um, we don't really know how many uh, vessels uh, filled with grain go through the canal versus uh, taking a longer route, but it just, um, you know, to me it doesn't seem to be impacting uh, the grain trade off the Gulf of Mexico to the same extent that many people thought that it would. Beetle points to good corn export demand out of the Gulf. Our corn export progress has actually been uh, quite good this year. We're uh, our inspections are 30% ahead of a year ago, uh, with the USDA's estimate uh, for exports up 26.5%, so we're ahead of that pace. And, um, you know, goodness, we, we probably loaded nine cargoes of beans off the Gulf last week. So I, I guess, uh, you know, however they're getting to their destination, whether it be through the canal or another route, um, you know, the demand is there and, and uh, willing to offset that extra cost. The farm bill is being stimmied by the appropriations process. American Sugar Beet Growers Association Vice President of Government Affairs Zach Clark says the Agriculture Committee has the top line numbers for a farm bill and something needs to happen soon. They're hard at work making sure um, that the 2024 uh, levels are set. There's not too much chatter of another shutdown. You know, we have the two deadlines, March 1st and March 8th, but so far things are progressing towards that. Of course, we're so far behind, it should be noted. Uh, we're now legislating in the fiscal year that we're operating in, uh, so that's a problem, and we'll quickly have to turn to 2025, which will be another challenge, and that makes us all nervous in D.C. because these are must-pass things, and we view a farm bill as must-pass, must but unfortunately, these other things are sort of gumming up the works. Satellite imaging and other advancements in crop growth modeling are helping farmers with more accurate fungicide applications. Bayer Crop Science cereal and canola fungicide product manager Al Eady is expected to, to get, or is excited to get this information into the hands of more farmers. 
One thing we're doing on the fungicide side in combination with digital is where we're trying to help growers answer the questions when it comes to sclerotinia applications in canola. Should I spray? If so, when do I spray? So we've got some crop growth modeling uh, there. And then if you've got a variable crop, you can use a, a satellite image map to generate a prescription map in your sprayer. So you maybe you're right, you spray the right 80% of a field and instead of uh, not spraying parts of it that don't warrant in a fungicide application. So you can get better bang for your buck out of your uh, canola fungicide application that way. Such models can help farmers save on expenses by cutting out wasted applications. Reporting Agriculture's Business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. What happens during a cow's first trimester can have a lifelong impact on her offspring. Purina Director of Beef Technical Innovation, Ron Scott, cites work done at North Dakota State University evaluating the importance of quality nutrition early in gestation. What NDSU uh, found, and they've got, I think, around 10, 10 publications, uh, again, very scientific um, looking at protein expression, organ size, weight, concentrations of different nutrients and different fluids. And basically the, that first trimester sets up the building block for growth and development and the outcomes when that calf becomes an adult. Calves born to cows getting no mineral, mineral supplementation during gestation were never able to catch up to those receiving proper vitamin and mineral nutrition. The calf birth weights were not different, but the cows fed the supplements weaned heavier calves. Scott says the NDSU study is groundbreaking research. So scientifically, some of the first work that's really been done at that level for fetal nutrition. So it's, it's, I think it would be the basis for a lot of knowledge in the future. Taking a look at markets before we leave you, Minneapolis March wheat down 13 and a half at 682 and three quarters. May wheat down 13 at 682 and three quarters as well. And Chicago wheat 14 and three quarters lower at 587 and a quarter. Kansas City down 18 at 600 and a quarter. And March corn futures down three cents at 431 and a half. July down three and a half at 452. Soybeans March futures down a penny and a half at 11.87 and a half. May soybeans three and a quarter lower at 11.94 and a quarter. Soybean meal five dollars twenty cents a ton lower at 3.46. Canola in Winnipeg two dollars ten cents a ton higher at 5.95.50 Canadian. April live cattle a dollar ninety-five higher at 186.77. Live cattle June contracts $1.65 higher at $183.85. Feeder cattle March $1.57 higher. April lean hogs down 87 cents. This is the Red River Farm Network.